Welcome to Empowering Resilience. I'm your host, Rhonda Shortino, and I'm delighted that you're here today. Listen, you've survived 100% of the tough times that you've been through, and you're gonna survive every other thing that you ever have to go through. You know how I know? Because I've done it, and you're still breathing, and as long as you're breathing, you're capable of so much. There's so much potential inside of you, and the keys to your future success are found in everything that you've been through. This podcast is all about strategies for helping you convert your potential into your successful reality. So be sure to subscribe so you never miss a strategy. And let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Empowering Resilience Podcast. This is your host, Rhonda Shortino, and I'm so excited to have my special guest with me today, Jesus Campa. Uh, Jesus, you have had so many experiences in your life where you've had to tap into the resilience inside of you. And I know that now you're writing a book and you have two companies and, and I want you to tell us about that. I think uh, all of our listeners, I think, will be inspired by uh, the ways that you have tapped into your uh, resilience. So tell us about you. Yeah, so, you know, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, uh, spent the majority of my life here. Uh, you know, I began my law enforcement career in El Paso with the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, spending 20 years there, I retired as the chief deputy, went on to become a chief of police, two different communities, Hector County, and in a community that I referred to as a sundown community. Um, and, and anybody doesn't know what a sundown community is, all you got to do is Google it and you'll figure it out. But uh, that, that city was a very racially divided community. Uh, I was brought in to change the culture. I kind of joke around the fact that, you know, uh, they couldn't hire another Caucasian male. They couldn't hire, they were never going to hire an African-American. So they settled for the caramel little Mexican guy to come in and bridge that gap. So, you know, I was brought in, we created these great programs uh, to, to help bridge and remove the preconceived notion that the community had that the police were racially motivated. Now, unfortunately, in that community, uh, they were very rightfully so to have that preconceived notion that the police were racially motivated because they were, mm. um, you know, and I'm Unfortunately, I was brought in and we started, you know, making changes and, and we bridged that gap and we reduced crime by 20%. We, wow. we, we did a lot of really good things in that community that, that it won me the 2017 NAACP Humanitarian of the Year Award, Martin Luther King Humanitarian of the Year. Wow, that's, uh, that, that's huge right there. Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was a quite a culture shock to go into that community. You know, when I, when I came from a community that was very diverse, very accepting and, and, and stuff like that. And to all of a sudden go to a community where the n-word is thrown around like it was you know just just any other word and wow. yeah being referred to as the as the greasy mexican in charge or you know oh. as, the, as the drug cartel you know it, it's funny because you know people people only see a, a part of it and you know you, you talked you mentioned my book earlier and that's kind of what the book talks about you know the un, the side of leadership that nobody talks about but uh, so yeah i spent three years there came back home started working on my phd in criminal justice and uh, public service leadership, as well as um, started working on my companies. And then I thought I was done with law enforcement. And then the state of Oklahoma came knocking and said, hey, we'd like to, for you to become the state director overseeing the regulatory agency that oversees licensing and education for all peace officers. So I became the state director for the Council on Law Enforcement Education and Training. You know, in Oklahoma, you know, it's it's kind of like the wild, wild west. And it's, it's just exactly like the John Wayne era of doing law enforcement. So we were 
brought in to, to implement 21st century policing and kind of change the mindset. And we did a pretty good job of it. Unfortunately, you know, I, I got a little tired of my family stayed back home and I got tired of traveling 1500 miles every other weekend just to visit them. I mean, talk about resilience there and keeping a relationship going. You know, I've got, I've got three, I got three children, one adult and two, one in high school, one in middle school. And then of course my wife having a, you know, try to juggling everything of that just so, just so her husband could go out and, and, and play policeman, you know? And, and uh, so uh, I got tired of doing that. I decided to retire in December of this past year and just come home and pay 100% uh, attention to both my companies, uh, America's Best Strategic Security Group, the security consulting firm and leading through adversity. And I'm wrapping up my PhD, uh, March uh, of 2022. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll have the nice little doctor added to the front of my name and, and we're just moving forward. Oh my goodness. Wow. So there's so much there that, that we could talk about and, and in our, you know, short amount of time here together. Um, uh, let's, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the company, you've got two companies that you mentioned and one is about leadership. And I want to hear about that. And I think our listeners will be inspired with that. Tell us about the, the leadership company. Yeah, you know, so the leadership companies is all about um, showing that, you know, leadership, there's a dark side to leadership, and a lot of people don't tell you that, and, and, and what we do is we do a lot of mentoring and coaching, and uh, it, think about it as life coaching for CEOs and, and chiefs of police and stuff like that, mm -hmm. uh, but, we're, but we're a lot more than that, you know, we, we, we really believe in second chances and opportunities. Uh, we were talking earlier before we started the show about resilience and, and, and second chances and who you are today doesn't necessarily mean that's who you're gonna to be tomorrow. And hopefully every day you improve. You know, and I, I was telling you that I had the opportunity to meet this wonderful gentleman by the name of Robert Vega Jr. Uh, who spent 17 years in prison for an intoxication manslaughter. And, and you would stop to think here and you'd say, why would a guy who spent 27 years of law enforcement wanna be friends with a guy who spent 20, uh, 17 years in prison? And that was just, the thing that he got caught for. I mean, this guy was a heavy banger, gang banger, you know, I mean, he was, he was rocking and rolling. And, you know, he, he has a very interesting story. Once, once he got out of prison, you know, he actually decided that he was going to get a bachelor's degree in music uh, and orchestral music. He is actually an opera singer. Oh my uh, God. Yes, I didn't and uh, I, when I first met him, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, typical con trying to pull another con. Okay, oh. and uh, no, so honestly, his story is just phenomenal. You know, he's uh, he's an international uh, physical trainer and and boxing trainer. He's actually got connections to the Floyd Mayweather camp, and when he went to the University of Texas at El Paso to get his uh, his degree, his degree is one of the hardest degrees to ever ever obtained. I mean, it's, it's a musical degree. This guy had never studied music or anything like them. What took, what should have taken him four years ended up taking him almost eight years to complete. Uh, his his uh, professor said he was insane. He was crazy for attempting it um, because he didn't even know how to read music. He didn't even know what a music note was. Oh. And on his graduation, he debuted it. Uh, he sang, he had to sing uh, and I'm using all the incorrect lingo, uh, but he had to sing it. He had to do a performance. He sung in ten different languages. Wow! Uh, yeah, in ten different languages, and gave a, a, a an outstanding ensemble of music uh, from opera to just unbelievable. Anyway, I, and I say that because when you're talking about resilience, that's what that's what 
uh, leading through adversity is all about. It's about leading your life at the most adverse moments and how you deal with it. I mean, now this guy had everything against him and instead he came out and, and moved forward. And that's, you know, that's the thing you got to do. And that's how you build resiliency is life is always going to hit you really hard. And what are you going to do when it, when it hits you? Are you going to just stop and take the fetal position and just say, okay, life is over, or are you going to get up and keep moving? You know, um, I was paid one of the biggest compliments in my life by one of my non-fans, one of my haters who loves to blog about me all the time, because uh, he just doesn't agree with my law enforcement viewpoints. And that's funny, because he actually, he's, he's, he, he became a, one of my non-fans because of my association with my sheriff at the time. Um, you know, but anyway, uh, he paid the compliment and he said, you know, it doesn't matter how hard I hit this guy, no matter what I say or what I do, he just keeps moving forward and he just keeps going. So I'll have to give him that. The guy's resilient, you know, and, and since we're talking about resiliency, that's, that's what we're all about, you know, is, is every day you got to wake up, look in the mirror and say, are you okay with who you were yesterday? And the answer should always be no because you got to become better the following day. I mean, you may be a great person yesterday, but you should be striving to be even greater than you were yes, yesterday. So that's what Leading Through Adversity does. It's, it's mentoring, life coaching, um, uh, leadership development. The book uh, that, that, that I'm writing, that I wrote, which comes out July 4th, talks about unmasking leadership. And it tells you all about things that nobody teaches you about leadership, you know, that, it, hey, you're going to make enemies. Hey, it's lonely at the top. Well, guess what? It was also lonely at the bottom. Uh, you know, it talks about, you know, <laughs> uh, a thing known as Kevinism. And if anybody ever has the opportunity to research Kevinism, basically, um, and it's funny, and, and no offense to anybody named Kevin, that's what it's called. I didn't name it. It was a research study that was done by the University of Oxford in 19, uh, 1996. Uh, about how Kevinism is is a person is a person who basically is a spineless jellyfish who will do anything to move ahead. And again, no offense to anybody named Kevin because I did not name it. Um, but it talks about how you're going to encounter people like that. You know, especially when you get to the top of leadership, you don't know who's on your side because of the things you can do for them, or who's really on your side because they really want to be on your side. So you got to learn how to navigate that. One of the things that current leaders are, are have failed to see is that they want to please everybody. And you know what, when you get into the game of leadership, uh, you didn't get into the game of leadership to be liked. If you want to be liked in leadership, then you need to go sell some ice cream because everybody likes ice cream, right? <laughs> That's um, really good. I mean, it's the truth. You know, you want to be liked, hey, go sell ice cream. Everybody loves that guy. And, um, you know, so it, it tells you about what to expect, you know, and, and excuse my French, you know, I, I won't say what the book says, but, you know, there's going to be times in your leadership career where you have to be, you have to be that guy, you know, you have to be that guy that, that's going to put your foot down and say, no, um, you know, it's all like leadership is a lot like being parent is like being parents, you know, sometimes I know, I know my children love me, but that necessarily means they like me all the time, okay. <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of the people that I led in, in, in the past will tell you that I don't know the first thing about leadership just because I held them accountable. You know, they, they, it's kind of funny when you hear somebody say, well, yeah, you know, you know, he, he was good at being a chief, but I don't like him. Why? Well, because, you know, he caught me drinking one day and he reprimanded me. Well, what was wrong with that? You know. You're uh, not supposed to do that as the boss. Yeah, it's, yeah. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. So, it talks about things like that, and talks about how how to be resilient as as a leader. You know, the steps that you're going to have to do and encounter, and how to deal with with it, because those are things that nobody ever teaches a leader what to how to do. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody thinks that being a leader, you're the guy who gets to make all the cool decisions. You have all this power. 
what people don't realize in, in, in the public sector, at least in the public, say, I love my private sector life right now because you know what? The buck stops with me. It's my company. I decide what goes and what doesn't go. But in the public sector, as the chief, you know, you have a, you have a city manager, you have a mayor, you have a city council, you have the citizens, you have the people that you, your subordinates, you're, you're, you're held accountable and responsible for all these people that the vision changes because they want to go this way. You want to go that way. You want to go this way. And heaven forbid it's an election season. And then the people that hired you are no longer in place and the new people come in and they have a different vision. So you just got to learn as a leader, how to be resilient and how to walk through all those lines. And I'll just tell you what, you know, there was just another incident in, in, in Minnesota, I think uh, yesterday where another officer uh, was involved in another uh, shooting, uh, unjustifiable shooting. And I think there's some rioting going on. I haven't even, I, I try not to watch and keep up with it anymore, just because after 27 years, you know, it's just nice to kind of sometimes just breathe a different type of air. Mm. But, uh, you know, policing right now is in, is in a critical stage and, and uh, it, it always has been. I think it's just more popularized because we have this little gadget known as a cell phone that social media spreads the word within seconds as opposed to, you know, 30 years ago, if something happened across the country, you wouldn't hear about it till the following morning in the newspaper or something like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm thinking about your your book, Unmasking Leadership. It's out July 4th. Where will people be able to get it? Do you have a website? Is it going to yeah. be on Amazon? Yeah, so absolutely. So actually, if you, right now, if you go to jesusericampa.com or Leading Through Adversity, you can pre-order a hardcover book and uh, it'll be autographed by me and we'll ship it out to you on July 4th for only 16 bucks, you know, and that covers the shipping and handling and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, looking yeah. forward to reading that. I, awesome. I, uh, I appreciate that. Leading through adversity, I, I love the I love the way you described it. I'm sure there's just so much more than that, but but um, leadership in your worst moments, that's huge. When I think about um, well, I, I do a lot of work with foster kids, former foster kids. Um, Many, many, many of them have been trafficked. You know, they weren't raised right, so they don't behave right. They don't know the difference. But the idea of leading yourself in your worst moments, wow, that's powerful for those kids. But also for us as adults, nobody's perfect. You know, so when you find yourself caught right in that moment where, oh boy, I just really screwed up, didn't I? Uh, that's pivotal. And what you're going to do right then is really going to uh, determine the outcome of the situation. And it could determine our outcome in our life. I mean, it could change the trajectory of our life if we do something wrong. I was thinking about the story that you told. If, if, you, uh, if you get in a car accident and you see that somebody's injured, uh, if you hit the gas and drive away. And I am pretty sure that uh, the law enforcement people call that hit and run, you know, and then now you just made a bad situation worse, you know, but if you, if you decide to lead yourself and you get out and you check on that person and you call 911 and you be responsible in that moment, it's going to, no matter what happened, it's going to go better for you. If, if you lead yourself well in that moment. So really I'm telling you, Jesus, I can't wait to, to read your book. And, uh, and there are probably a lot of foster kid teens, former foster kids that I will want to, you know, make sure that book gets into their hands. So thank you for writing that. Awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. It was a, it was a, it was a work of art for sure. It took a, took me quite a while. It actually started off, um, you know, as, as, as a different type of book. 
And as I matured and grew up uh, every day, it changed because it was first a very angry book and then it just became more of a, of a what to expect book, you know? Mm. What well, you for that insight? There, well, you know, recognize yeah, that about yourself. Yeah, I mean, you have to, and that's the thing, you know. I mean, in in life today, we're, we all make mistakes, and and failure, you know, failure is the mother of success. I mean, that, that is, if you're not failing, if you're not failing, you're not succeeding. You're not trying hard enough, you know, because God knows I failed more times than I've succeeded, and I'm sure all my critics will tend to agree with you on that, uh, agree with me on that. Excuse me. Um, but you know, the the thing is, is that every day that we wake up, we have a new opportunity to start start new, you know, and, right. and as long and as long as you didn't go out and, you know, no offense to to, to Robert Vegas, as long as you didn't go out there and, and, and kill somebody, uh, you know, or anything like that, then, you know, it, it's, everybody deserves a second chance and sometimes even a third and a fourth, you know, mm-hmm. you got to just own up to the mistakes you made mm-hmm. and change it. change it. Don't you wish every kid in juvenile detention in all throughout the United States would hear those words? You know, I, I, I wish they would. And I think, uh, you know, I know there was a time uh, when I was working as, uh, during the time that I had decided that I was done with law enforcement back in 2017 and I was working on my PhD, you know, I, I got a little bit bored because I'm one of those people that if I don't have a gazillion things to do on my plate, I'm not happy. Uh, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey man, you know, would you have, he's, he's a principal in the school district and asked me, hey man, you know, like to you know give you a full-time job taking care of our uh, of our um, at-risk kids and our and what they call their in-school detention and I did and, and I went in there and oh my god the first couple of weeks I was like what am I doing this am I insane uh, but as I got to know the kids you know all they really needed was a a somebody to look up to somebody to listen yeah. to them yeah. And, and here's the thing they didn't need somebody to listen they needed somebody to hear because you can listen all day long they wanted you to hear. And, you know, we started doing things. And it was just, it was, it was a really fun time in my life uh, to work with those at-risk kids. And, and I, I know we, I know we changed the life of a couple of them. And, you know, um, I actually told my wife the other day, you know what, that would have really been my dream job is I should have just, I should have stayed there, but uh, I couldn't get that law enforcement part out of me. But I think, uh, I think I would have played a really major role in, in making a big difference with those kids. Hey, Seuss, maybe you're going to make a big difference with your book because you're only one person. You can only be one place at a time. There can only be so many kids in that classroom, but your book, your book can go everywhere. So uh, I'm, I'm going to, I hope that that happens. And, and uh, after the show, I want to make some connections for you uh, to, to be able to Absolutely. reach out to the to people in my world in child welfare. So but in our last few minutes that we have here today, um, I know, you know, after all those years in law enforcement and everything that you've done, you probably have a ton of advice for people, but if you could boil it down into, you know, just a couple of little things, what advice would you give to a listener today who's, you know, maybe they're in a hard place and, and they haven't found that resilience yet? What would you say to them? Yeah, well, you know, finding that resilience is, is really hard uh, because I, I, I struggle with it every day. Just earlier today, I was having some issues with myself, trying to get myself to do something that, that I know I need to do. And I just, you know, I, I mean, the only person I got to blame is myself for not doing it. And it's my constant fight with my weight, you know. Um, I, it's like, <clears throat> it's like I couldn't get myself to go to the gym today. And I was just like, you know, uh, anyway, so, so yeah. So the thing is, is that, 
the, the only advice I got to give somebody is that, look, the mirror doesn't lie. You want somebody to tell you the truth, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you happy with what you see? Mm. If you are, if you truly are happy with what you see, then, hey, awesome, awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying life and it's great. But I'm going to tell you that every day I look in the mirror and, I'm, and, and, and I look in the mirror and I, and I like what I see, but I'm not fully contempt with what I see. And I know there's a lot of room for improvement. So when I look in that mirror, that mirror is my best friend because it never lies to me. You know, wow. so, so, so look in that mirror to find your resilience. And, and if you don't like what you see, then that's when it's time that bell goes off and it's time to hit the ring and go in and do what you got to do. Mm, very good. Very good advice. Jesus, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to uh, your book, Leading Through Adversity. Uh, listeners can get it at leadingthroughadversity.com, right? Yes. So for, for now, you can pre-order it at leadingthroughadversity.com or jesusericampa.com. Come July 4th, it'll be available on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, um, Book City, and, and all those other apps. Kindle okay. and everything. Oh, good. That's wonderful. All right. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it so much. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. If you feel like you've been set back and you're never going to catch up, let me assure you that not only can you catch up, you can emerge from tough times better than you were before. How? By accessing the character traits of successful survivors that are already inside of you. I wrote a book about it. It's called Successful Survivors, the eight character traits of survivors and how you can attain them. The reality is many of these traits are already inside of you. And the great news is that's exactly what you need in order to survive and thrive. I hope that you'll go to my website right now, rhonda.org, and get your copy of Successful Survivors. That's R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G. And portions of the proceeds go to Successful Survivors Foundation. It's free shipping, and I think it's the best price you're going to find. Get your copy today. I really hope these podcasts are helping you. If they are, would you please share this with your friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, anybody who could use some resilience? And would you please subscribe so that you never miss an episode and a, and a little shot of vitamin R for resilience? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Empowering Resilience. This is your host, Rhonda Shortino. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Share this with your friends. And I look forward to seeing you back here. And I want to hear from you. You can contact me through my website, Rhonda at Rhonda.org. I want to hear your questions and your comments. And if you'd like to call into the show and talk directly to me, I would love that. So reach out. And I'm looking forward to helping you mine the lessons out of what you've been through and converting those things with your potential into your successful reality.